Well, here we are, back in the Hook Radio. And uh, today I want to talk about a process. A process that God uses to bring us to an expected end. Did you know that was God's plan for your life? That he wants to bring you to an expected end? Well, whose expected end? (laughs) His. That's who. He wants to bring you to his expected end. One thing's true about God, well, many things are true, but this one especially. He doesn't make things up as he goes along. He always knew what he wanted to do, and he always knows what he's going to do, especially with regard to his people, and that's us. So let's get right into it today. Glad you joined me. Hopefully we're going to find something really encouraging and really profitable for our Christian lives. And maybe it'll clear up a couple of things as well. A couple of areas of confusion that sometimes we have in our Christian walk. Now let me ask you, how many listening have ever seen a hard-boiled egg? Probably most of you. How many of you have ever made a hard-boiled egg? Because that's going to be really important to our topic today. Because we're going to use the illustration of the hard-boiled egg and, and compare it to God's plan for our lives. How about that? Oh, yeah. Only on New Hope Christian Radio, <laughs> you get something like that. Okay? Now, if you have made a hard-boiled egg, you probably know that it took a process, right? First, you had to have a vision of that hard-boiled egg. You had to have a sense, okay, well, how do I know when I've got one? How do I know when it's there? So you got to know what that hard-boiled egg looks like. Then, you had to know that there was an egg in the carton in the refrigerator. Because if you don't have an egg in the refrigerator, you can't make a hard-boiled egg, right? So that's something you have to discover. After that, you began the process. You put the egg in the pan. You fill the pan with water. Put it on the stove. Turn on the heat. You wait about six minutes, maybe seven if you want it extra hard. And then, boom, it's a hard-boiled egg. Just the way you want it. Now, we're in a series entitled Roman Gems. And we're digging up some gems from Paul's letter to the Romans and finding some precious truths for our own lives. So if you will indulge me, I'm going to use that example of the hard-boiled egg to help you understand God's goal for your life. Because like we said in the beginning, oh yeah, he's got a goal for your life and for every person that names the name of Jesus for their Savior. And to make it more understandable, I hope we're going, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, I hope I make it more understandable. We're gonna work backwards. We're gonna start with God's goal and work backwards from there. Rather than the beginning of the process, we're gonna begin with the end result. Okay? 
So we're going to pick it up in Romans chapter 8, because that's the chapter that we're in. And we're going to read the scripture in verse 29. And this scripture has been the cause of some confusion in the Christian life, and I hope that it's not that today. So here's what Paul said. For those whom he foreknew, reference to God, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that, this is why, Jesus, he, would be the firstborn among many brethren. So, what's the goal? Let me read that again. Those whom he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. What's the goal? To be conformed to the image of his Son. That's the expected end that God has for us, that we would be like Jesus. Okay? So that's the egg in its hard-boiled state. But no one becomes like Christ without a process, just like the egg doesn't become hard-boiled without a process. Okay? So once God knew what he wanted us to become, he put the process in motion. And that's what's called being predestined. In order for you to arrive at Christ-likeness or being conformed to the image of Christ, there has to be a process or a plan. Now, William Barclay, who's the guy I recommend uh, for any of you that like to study the Word of God, get his books. He's very good. And he quotes one of the ancient Greek philosophers who said, Have courage to look up to God and say, Deal with me as you will from now on. I am as one with you. I am yours. I flinch at nothing, so long as you think it is good. Lead me where you will. Put on me what clothing you will. Would you have me be rich or poor? For this I will defend you before men. What's he saying? That his life belongs to God, and God's will be done. So, If you accept the things that God sends, you'll know peace. But if you struggle against them, you are resisting the plan or the process of God to reach that expected end, which is to be conformed to the image of Christ. So what I'm saying is we have to cooperate with the plan of God in order to reach that conclusion, Christ-likeness. Okay, so here we are, like the hard-boiled egg. The goal for every believer is to be conformed to Christ. And it's kind of like a twofold goal. Number one, to become like Christ in this life. And secondly, because we're like Christ, we're going to rise again. Oh yeah, it's two parts. To become like Christ in this life, and like Jesus did, we will also rise again. Because what did Paul say? That Christ was the firstborn among many brethren. So we're the the many brethren. Jesus is the firstborn. It speaks of being born from the dead. He rose into heaven. And we're going to rise into heaven. So here's the process. It's like adding water and heat to the egg. Okay? You got the egg, you got to put it in the pan, you got to add water, you got to add heat. Wait a few minutes and you got a hard-boiled egg. 
Well, there's a process for the believer to become conformed to the image of Christ. So that means, here it comes now, we are predestined to become like Christ. Predestination begins once you're in Christ. Predestination doesn't put you in Christ. Predestination begins once you're in Christ. God predestined those who were in his Son. That's what we have to understand. And then the process is sanctification, where God predetermined a plan to make this happen. So now, okay, who are the eggs? Those he foreknew. It's like, I know there's an egg in the refrigerator. I already know there's an egg there. So because I know there's an egg there, I can go get it and I can begin the process. God knows who will be saved. He knew who would accept his son as their savior. So based on that, what he's saying is, whoever accepts my son as savior, they are predetermined. I will predetermine a plan for them. I will predestine them to become like my son. That's what he said. Predestination is not about salvation. It's about Christ-likeness. It's about becoming like Christ because it begins after salvation. So God predetermines who will become like his son, and he can only be ter- determine believers. Okay? But God didn't stop there. In verse 30, those whom he predestined, in other words, he had a plan for, he also called. So he knew who would be saved. And what he's saying is, I have a plan for those who will be saved. And how will they be saved? I will call them. And those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. Okay, now, how are they called? They're called through the preaching of the gospel. That's how. And this is where the plan for us went into action. So predestination is now worked out through the calling of people to himself through the preaching of the gospel. So, the gospel now is good news. And why is it good news? Because it's for everybody. If it wasn't for everybody, would it be good news? What if it was for you, but wasn't for me? Oh, it might be good news for you. It's not good news for me. But it's good news for the whole world. Whosoever believes will be saved. That's the gospel. The whosoever makes it good news. Later on, at the end of his letter in Romans 15, Paul said, I aspire to preach the gospel, not where Christ was already named, so that I would not build on another man's foundation. He said, what's the point of me bringing the message of salvation to those that are already saved? There's no point in that. And then he said something similar to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 10.16, he said that, I preach the gospel even to the regions beyond you. So what's he saying? I'm going to take the gospel to the world. That the good news of Christ, that Christ died for your sins. 
That's for everybody. That's for the whole world. That's for all the continents. That's for North America, South America. It's for Central America. It's for the Middle East. It's for the Far East. It's for Africa. It's for Alaska. It's for Hawaii. It's for every person. In spite of what religion they might be in, doesn't matter. God wants everybody to know that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. So he's calling people. He's calling everybody in the world through the preaching of the gospel. That's why the gospel is so important. And then to those he called, and, he, and those that responded to the call, he justified. See, here's the, here's the mystery. Ten people hear the gospel. Five respond and five do not. That's the mystery. God says, listen, my son died for your sins. You can be forgiven and come to heaven. And some say, I'm in. And others say, I'm all right. I'm good. No thanks. Uh, to me, that is like the biggest mystery in the world. I'm like, why? Why? When God makes such an offer, why would you refuse it? And if, you, if you're not sure about it, the reality of it, what do you have to lose to investigate? You might say, you know, I have a hard time believing that, but I'm going to search it out. I'm going to investigate and see, and then you'll discover it's true. But if you don't even bother to investigate it, you'll never benefit from it. Oh, and the end result, not good. No, not good at all. So God, here's the process, okay? We know what the goal is, Christ-likeness. Here's the process. God says, I know who will respond to the call. And those who respond, I predetermine or I predestine them to become like my son. So I'm going to call them, and I'm going to send preachers all over the world, and they're going to preach the good news of Christ. And then those that respond to that and say, yes, I'm going to justify them. And to be justified means to be declared just. God brings down the gavel. Boom. You're innocent. You're just. You can go free. Your penalty has been removed. That's what God is saying. God is saying, you can go. Wow. That's justification. And then, because one is justified, they're going to be glorified. Glorified means to make glorious. And where's that going to take place? In heaven. That's where. In heaven. See, the end result is heaven. So then we have the message of hope. If there's one thing the Christian life provides for people, it's hope. And if you're in this number of people that responded to the call, I want you to know that the process God has for your life, it's going to have a good ending. And Paul said in verse 28, we know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, and here it comes, to those who are called according to his purpose. Okay? So, 
You responded to the call, and the things that happen in your life, the end result is good. Now, don't misunderstand this verse. It doesn't mean that every single thing by itself is good. Because there are things that happen, and they're not good. But God is saying, when you put them all together, the sum total of everything that happened is good. I, I, I use the analogy of baking a cake. You take the ingredients of a cake, and you've got, maybe you've got an egg, some flour, some baker's chocolate, some sugar. Now, individually, most of those things, they're not that good. You know, uh, give me a, give me a scoop of that flour. <laughs> That's no good. Oh, give me a, give me a, a, a scoop of that butter. <laughs> That's no good. Individually, we don't like them. The sugar, oh, that's not bad. Baker's chocolate, uh, right? So individually, they're not that good. But when you put them all in the bowl and you mix them all together and you pop it in the oven and you come back later and you take out the cake. Oh, that's good. That's good. Why? Because when they were all combined together, the result was good. Individually, those ingredients, ah, no good. But magic happens when you mix them together and put them in the oven. Magic happens and it comes out, ah, that's a good cake. I want you to think of the events of your life. Individually, some are good and some are not that good. Let's be honest. Some are terrible. But Paul is saying, wait a minute, we know something. All things work, here's the key word, together. Together for good. That's the key. You got to combine them all together. And they work together for good for those who love God. That's the redeemed. To those who are called according to his purpose, those are the ones that responded to the gospel. That's who they are. So the outcome is good. And that's the message of hope. If you're a believer today, you have hope. Because why? God knew who would respond to the gospel. He knows. It's called foreknowledge. He knows everything. He knew who would be saved before we were even born. He's God. He knew who would be saved before he made the world. So, he, in, in eternity past, he predetermined a plan. That's what he did. We weren't even here yet. And he had a plan. And the plan is, I'm going to send my son to die for the sins of the world. I know the world isn't created yet, but when it is, mankind's going to come and they're going to sin. They're going to fall away. So, my plan is, I'm going to send my son to die for the sins of the world. And then, those that respond to the gospel, to the message of Christ dying for the sins of the world, God says, I predestined them to become like my son. So once they're in Christ, there's a process, there's a plan of sanctification. And I'm going to use all the events of life, and I'm going to work them all together. And when it's all said and done, it's going to be good. So God knew 
who would respond. That's his foreknowledge. Then he predestined them to Christ's likeness. That's the goal that he has for us, that we would be like Jesus. Let me ask you, how you doing with the plan? How you doing? Are you kicking against it? Are you going with the flow? Do you agree with the words of that Greek philosopher? Lord, put whatever clothing on me you wish. You want to put on the clothing of the rich? You want to put on me the clothing of the poor? Whatever life you have in store for me, my life belongs to you. And I will defend you. If I am poor, I will still defend you. If I am lonely, I will still defend you. If my life falls apart, I will still defend you. If my mate leaves, I will defend you. If I get sick, I will defend you. It doesn't matter. You know why? When when your life belongs to God, God has his way. And we accept his way. That's what we do. Because his way is the path to Christlikeness. So, he, he has a plan. I'm trying to just really just work this in the simplest terms because this is so important for us. It really is. And it clears up a lot of misunderstanding about predestination and election. And, oh, it's just, that can be so confusing sometimes. And I ask people about it, and they can't even give an answer for why they believe what they believe regarding those things. And I think it's very clear right here. So God in eternity past, he didn't choose who would be saved. He knew who would be saved. And for those who would be saved, he predetermined a plan to make them like his son. So how did he get them saved? He called them by sending out preachers to preach the gospel, the good news of Christ. And then when people hear the gospel, they make a decision. Some will say, I like that. That sounds like a good deal. Others will say, ah, not for me. I remember witnessing to a friend on social media, and I was explaining the change that Christ in my life brought and how fulfilling and rewarding it is. And the person said to me, I'm happy for you. I'm glad it works for you, but I'm okay. You know, and it's not like it works for me. They don't understand. Wait a minute. No, it's more than that. It's an invitation to the whole world to have a relationship with your creator. That's what it is. And you might be in a place where, hey, you're totally fulfilled and you don't need that relationship. But I'm going to tell you something. Everybody needs it. So the responders that say yes, they become justified. And God brings down the gavel, boom, you're innocent, you're free, your debt has been paid. And then you know what he does? He reserves a place in heaven for that individual. So just like the egg has to go through the heat to reach its expected end, to be hard-boiled. Because that's what you want, isn't it? You want to reach your expected end. Sometimes we have to go through the heat. We must go through the process of sanctification. And we must say and believe in our heart, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. 
Remember, we added water and heat to the egg. The heat is that which God may use to make us like Christ. The water is the word of God. We need both. You can't go through this process without the word of God. We need the scriptures. Okay? And the end result is good. Because God causes all things to work together for good. For those who love God. For those who respond to the call. It's going to be good. And right now, even today, it might not be that good. You might even be saying today, this stinks. But when it's all said and done, oh, it's going to be good. Stay faithful. Stay with the plan. Accept what comes your way. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you feel neglected. Sometimes you feel rejected. Accept it all. It's all God's plan to make us like his son. Next time, we're going to answer the question, does God choose who will be saved? What do you think? What do you think about that? Does God choose who will be saved? We kind of touched on that this, this afternoon, today, didn't we? We touched on that today because of God's foreknowledge. I mean, the gospel does go out to the whole world. But we're going to go deeper into that tomorrow. So I hope you join me. Because, you know, this is one of those topics where there's a divide in Christianity. It really is. You got folks on one side that says, yes, God chooses. And then you get folks on the other side that says, no, man chooses. And it's something so important should not divide us. It shouldn't. So tomorrow, I think we can shed some light on it. So I hope you'll join me for New Hope Radio as we answer the question, does God choose who will be saved? Hey, listen, don't forget about the Hope Club podcast. You have iTunes? You can go to iTunes, click in the Hope Club podcast, hit subscribe. You'll get a notification every time we create a podcast. You can go to Spotify, hit follow, and you'll get a notification. We're on other ones too, Stitcher, and we're also on our own website at newhopecc.tv. Scroll down a little bit. All of our messages are there, about almost 280 of them. Wow, 279, 280 right now, something like that. And podcasts are great. Driving to work, driving home, sitting in the waiting room, having lunch. Get the word of God. Okay? Thanks for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.